When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Brewers Talk, the Burton Albion podcast from the Burton Mail. Uh, myself, Joshua Murray, joined as ever in the Burton Mail studio by Richard Cusack. Rich, um, just about thawed out from uh, from what was a freezing cold afternoon at Molyneux on Saturday. Yeah, I, I appreciate the listeners won't really want to sit and talk about the weather, but I feel like we, we should really mention it. It, it, was, it was cold, wasn't it? I mean, it was just one of those days where you could ask me in 10 years' time... Um, who scored and what, what the score was. I won't be able to tell you anything apart from I was absolutely freezing. It was bitter, wasn't it? Certainly the coldest I've ever been at a game of football. I think I tweeted two pictures about 20 minutes apart. You know, we got there at yeah. whatever time, about midday, and walked out to sort of have a look at the ground, bathing glorious sort of sunshine. It was cold, yeah, but, you know, lovely. And then 20 minutes later, everybody was rushing out to take pictures because it was like a blizzard had come in and the pitch was under under snow and... Um, I think the warmest I'd been during that game was actually when the players walked out and they had these like pyrotechnic things. Yeah, it did, didn't they? And everybody all of a sudden was sort of reaching out and just please send send a couple more of those. Yeah, unfortunately that was it. They didn't they didn't use them like every time there was a sub or every you know every time the ref blew his whistle for a free kick or something could have done with one of them. It would have warned us throughout the game. But um, yes, as it was a a very cold one. Um, Sure, if you're a Wolves fan, that the the football and the result will have will have warmed you slightly. Um, They obviously beat the Brewers three one. Um, pretty comfortable win for for the hosts, and I suppose before we get onto the Brewers, really rich, you can look at it and say that Burton Albion were beating it. Well, he's surely a, a Premier League team in waiting on Saturday. Wolves were excellent, as as we've come to expect from them this season. But they oozed class, didn't they? Ruben Neves pulling the strings once again. Um, when you've got when Ruben Neves has got an outlet like Benikafobi, and when when has got someone like Ruben Neves laying the balls onto him, it's there's only going to be one outcome, isn't there? Really, um, t- two very well-taken finishes from him. And to be honest, I can understand where Nigel Clough was coming from after the game, saying that if you're looking at it from a Burton perspective, they're two quite, not soft goals, but you're disappointed in them mm. because they were, they were, Wolves didn't, they, they carved Burton open, but it, it didn't, it wasn't particularly difficult for them to do it. No, yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? I think the way he sort of put it was he said all, all three goals, as we say, the game finished 3-1. Um, Burton pretty solid for the first 15, 20 minutes. They reverted to a 5-4-1. Um, again, Nigel Clough sort of talking about the fact that you know you're going to have to nullify just countless threats against Wolves. So that was sort of why they did it. First 15 minutes, pretty solid. Um, and then it was basically one chance, one goal. Um, Connor Cody, a long diagonal ball over the top uh, into Helda Costa's path. He chested it down, uh, rifles it past Bywater 1-0. Then another sort of, not route one goal, but one pass goal. Ruben Nevers from deep uh, carves the ball through the middle. Benikafobi uh, takes it through and, and scores. And that was an excellent finish it into, was, into the top corner. But yeah. Bywater never really stood a chance when you've got those those pair bearing down on you. There's, yeah. only, there's only going to be one, one, one outcome really, but... Again, like like we've just said, a little bit too easy too easy for me. But they, you know, perhaps Damien McCrory, Jay Buxton, they've not Buxton's not been in that side for long. Maybe there's a little bit of miscommunication there. Mm. Two players have not been in the side for long. But it, a little bit rusty, maybe. I don't know. But you have to hand it to Wolves. They, they were a class above. Yeah, I mean, I think sort of extenuated circumstances with the second, as, as Clough talked about afterwards, was Carl McFadden actually picked up a bit of a calf injury just before the second goal. And if you watch it back, he sort of pushes up. 
um, I think it was to sort of uh, Marshall Costa, uh, Helder Costa, but he sort of looked to be struggling to get back. Yeah. And Nigel Clough said there was a bit of frustration because they sort of felt he should have gone down and said, look, I'm injured and, and, and you know, get him off and, and replace him as it was. Didn't he was dragged a bit up. Like you say, the ball then went in between Buxton and McCrory um, and, and Benekafobi was away to, to score. That probably sparked Burton's best spell. I mean, they should have probably had a penalty at 1-0. Tom Flanagan was bundled over from behind from by even Cavalero. Nothing given, as Clough said afterwards. And actually was caught, I think, on the Channel 5 highlights. They, they caught him on camera, basically said, anywhere else on the pitch, that's a free kick. Wasn't given. They still fought back. Lloyd Dyer um, ending Burton's goal drought with, with a nice effort from 18 yards. Again, more proof of why they probably should um, you know, be trying their, their look from range a bit more. And then as soon as Afobie scored that second, as you say, in, in the second half, Rich Cavallero, it owed much to. He battled through a bit of a lucky bounce, but it was, again, maybe a bit too straightforward. And it rolled to Afobie, swept it home. And from 3-1 in the 56th minute, really, it was it was an over, exhibition, it wasn't it? It petered out there. Didn't it, the game after that. There was no real spark from it, from either side. Wolves went close a couple more times. But it's interesting, that after that first after that first goal, Burton really came back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves were... They, they were allowed to. Burton were allowed to like dictate the game a little bit, and we worked it out to Sordell, who I thought had an excellent game until we'll come on to this. Yeah. he had to go off. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think I think he was the Burton's brightest spark down that yeah. right flank was opening them up a little bit, showing his uh, sort of his trickery getting inside. A um, couple of times, him and Liam Boyce combined. Yeah, you know, he Liam Bo- Liam Boyce a thankless task up there by himself, mm. asking to, asking him to press Connor Cody in possession, who's who's been outstanding in that sort of in the middle of those two those three centre halves um, which was yeah I have to asking Liam asking Liam Boyce to go there by himself and, and run around like you know, you know what it, it really was difficult a difficult afternoon for him he didn't really get a sniff at all as you say at 2-1 you know probably Wolves actually wanted half time more than Burton and, and um I suppose it, the question mark was was in the second half. If if Wolves did drop a level, there was a sniff for Burton, and, and they knew that. Then, as you say, they hit McFadden and Sordell, becoming I think the seventh and eighth players who, by the end of that game, were unavailable to the Brewers. Um, you know, explains why why I think the Brewers are a place to have the international break now, as they have. Um, McFadden went off with with, a, with an injury. Sordell had had a clash of heads in the first half, didn't feel all too well, and so absolutely rightly, they they didn't take the risk with him. Um, but then Wolves sort of stepped on the gas, as we say, and, and as soon as that third goal goes in, you know they, they've seized control. They're not going to let it go again. I think once um, once Lloyd Dyer, who who incidentally scored Burton's third consecutive goal from outside outside the box, another example why they just need to let rip a couple more times instead of just shifting it around the edge of, the, edge of the area. Um, once Lloyd Dyer scored in the forty fourth minute, wasn't it? I think Wolves went into the dressing room and said, "Look." Let's not let this get away from us. We know what we've got to do. They come out. 11 minutes later, a phobia scores again and it's game over. So while Burton did bring themselves back into it, perhaps ironically, the goal came at the wrong time for Burton. Yeah. They'd have liked 10 more minutes to sort of go and get an equaliser, but the break came and then they came out. Wolves Indeed. and put Burton to the sword. Didn't... Uh... As, as Nigel Clough and Todd Flanagan also spoke about, you know, there was no sort of crumbling. There was no, it wasn't a morale sapping defeat. You think about earlier in the season, your Fulham's, your Leeds games, you know, where they ultimately let the game get away from them. They didn't let that happen here. Bywater made a couple of good saves. There were some good blocks. Three one at Wolves. Okay, yes, they they need points from every game they can get them from at the moment. But it doesn't feel like the sort of defeat which is going to have any major impact on on what now will happen in the subsequent eight games. If we'd have had a similar situation to the Fulham or to the Leeds game, you have two weeks to let it stew. Perhaps it festers a bit. You're thinking we shouldn't really have taken that hammering. 
you've gone to Wolves, you've given a good account of yourselves to runaway league leaders who, like you've said before, they're a Premier League team in waiting, probably a top half Premier League team in waiting. The way they to see the business they do over the summer as well. So I think Tom Flanagan's 100% right in what he says. He says that, you know, it's not we're not taking a dent in our morale. And for the players who've got a few days off this week, deservedly so as well, that's going to be important because they're not going off the back of a hiding. Yeah. Absolutely. Just one other footnote from that game. Obviously, a debut for for Thomas Eggert, um, free agent who signed since since the last pod, uh, podcast. Signed um, as a free agent, the the, the Czech uh, Czech defender who is actually over in the UK studying for sport uh, sports management degree at the University of Derby. He was training with Michelover Sports, who are obviously managed by by ex Brewer John McGraw. McGraw basically said to Nigel Clough, he's, he's far too good for our level. So he's been training with Burton for about a month and they've signed him up on a free deal till the end of the season, largely, of course, because of the, the defensive injuries. Um, didn't really get to see too much of him, Rich, but I suppose it says a lot. You know, he's played in the in the Czech top, top, top division, easier for you to say than me. Um, uh, so, you know, it was never going to be completely out of his depth, but but shows a lot of confidence in him so quickly to, to sign him up and, and put him out there against such a good side and, and he held his own. And I think when you've got a situation like that where you're looking at your bench, what's the point in throwing Darren Bent on? Fans who were up in the top tier, a lot of Brewers travelled, a great great representation from a Burton Albion travelling faithful again, but you're 3-1 down, you've got a, what, was it 82nd minute you yeah. came on, I think it was. You're looking at that and thinking, let's go and give a new sign in some minutes. Don't want to risk Lou Murphy, who we know is struggling with a hamstring problem. Darren Bent, although he's got a great record for scoring fabulous goals at Molyneux, again, let's leave him on the bench and save him for next time. Eager, come on, you know, he had a couple of players beside him to sort of help him into the game. Didn't look out of shape, although he didn't really get a chance to do it, do much, to be honest. He no. was more about getting him some minutes for the next time he needed to use him, yeah. which you never know. In a game very soon, you might need to throw him on for eight or nine minutes to defend the lead. Um, and fortunately for him, he'll have that under his belt already. Mm. Like you saying, getting him out onto the pitch alongside players who are going to be his teammates, you know, if he's going to feature, get that sort of that communication working as well. Um, as we say, that was that was Saturday's game, a 3-1 defeat to Wolves, um, which means, of course, uh, the Brewers headed into the international break, which we're now in. Three points uh, adrift of safety. Barnsley um, on 33 points. Birmingham won at the weekend. They're also on 33. And then Burton sat on 30 points in 23rd place. So two weeks, as you say, Rich, the players having a break at the start of this week, um, other than one, Liam Boyce, who's away on international duty. But the rest of them will be resting, recuperating, hoping to get back, obviously, one, fitness-wise, for, for what is going to be a crucial running, but also Nigel Clough's spoken about psychologically the importance of, of forgetting everything that's been and gone. You know, we've, we'll, we'll get onto it in a minute, sort of reflecting on the season so far, but the home form, every, everything, get it out of the way. It's an eight-game eight mini-league now. Burton needs to take as many points from what Nigel Clough has referred to as eight winnable games, and you've got two weeks to, to get yourself into the right frame of mind for that. We've heard this a couple of times, haven't we, but it's never felt as more apt as it does now. 38 games that have gone mean absolutely, they don't mean anything. When you've got an important eight games, and like 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 Clough says, eight winnable games as well. You might be playing Cardiff away, Middlesbrough at home, but all we have to do is look back to the Huddersfield game of last season, where we went and we, against all the odds. We were hoping for a similar result at Wolves, that didn't happen. But for the players, it's going to be an important week this week, just to go away with your families, have some chill out time, yeah. just just take you know, reflect on the, on the season so far and. It might have been a little bit more difficult if they were adrift, but they're not. They, yeah, the yeah. players know that they're only one win or two away from really turning the table a little bit in their favour. Mm, absolutely. That is the international break then, as we say. At the moment, Liam Boyce 
away uh, with Northern Ireland. They have a friendly against South Korea at the weekend. Um, worth noting, Martin Samuelson was supposed to be uh, away on international duty with Norway's under-21s. He's now not. Um, still struggling with that illness. He's actually returned to West Ham, I think, just sort of for, for a, a few tests and whatever. So, obviously, we wish him the best and, and hope to see him back with the Brewers um, pretty soon. Um, time will tell, of course, on, on, on that, though. Um, but as we say, Rich, a break. We'll look ahead to, to the Cardiff game on, on uh, Good Friday next in next week's podcast. But I suppose uh, the last international break of the season also gives us a chance to reflect on, on what's been so far. 38 games in, as we say, the Brewers sat on 30 points. We've discussed to the nth degree the home form this season. There have also been some, some pretty memorable moments away from home. We spoke to Nigel Clough, though, and asked him to sort of reflect on the season. And the word that he used, that Andy Garner has used, that seems to have been doing the rounds more than anything, is frustrating. I think because Burton Albion know, given the state of you know, the bottom six, bottom eight this season, they know where they could be right now. They know what could have been. Um, and now they know they, you know they really are in a, in a relegation scrap. And frustration, frustrating is the word that just seems to keep popping up. And we've mentioned this so many times before, haven't we? We've, we've looked at it, and we've, I'm sure the fans and our listeners have as well, we've looked at games and gone, you know, Oh, we should have got a win from this. We should have got something from that. Look at the last last three or four home games: yeah. Millwall, Nottingham Forest, and Bristol City. Yeah. Any, you know, all it takes is like Nigel Clough has said so many times: is Ben, ben Marshall the ball not to rebound off his stomach, and or Darren Bent puts a chance away, and that, yeah. that's three points. And it's even more telling when sometimes managers will come out and say, "We should have won this. We should have won that," and you're thinking, "Is it a bit of kidology from him? Is it a little bit of massaging the truth a little bit?" No. Nigel Clough comes out and says, 10 or 12 games, we should have we should yeah. have won or drawn or got something yeah. from. And that isn't a case of one or two games we should have got something. That is, that's, that's, that's a lot of games yeah. when you play 38. To be looking back and saying nearly a quarter of those, we should have got, uh, sorry, a third of those, we should have got something mm. from. So a fair, fair load of points as well, which, you know, again, we'll, I'm sure, sure we'll do this sort of come May, whatever happens, you know, survival or relegation, and you look back and you can pick out, as you say, games where you think a goal here or... This they must moment be, going they must their be way. the coaching staff sleepless nights thinking about the Ipswich game and Varsity game mm. back in back in um, was it September and October? October, yeah. October, for example. Mm. There's lots of lots of sort of mini turning points as well in the season. I think get you know that that run of games like you say away at Forest, home to Ipswich, home to Barnsley. When you know I genuinely think you know the the, the club the, the team will have been feeling that there was some a real run they could put together there and they got absolutely nothing from no. from the, that three games and then that then I think kicked them into. You know, a tougher run of games after that, where it was going to be a bit, and you know, you, it's never played on paper. But as you say, there have been a couple of little turning points. Equally, back in January, QPR and Reading at home, two teams that, well, QPR have pulled away from it. Reading still down there, but again, home matches that you saw as an opportunity to drag somebody else in there with you, and they didn't quite live up to the occasion. And it's especially even more frustrating when you have a situation like a three 0 win away at Sheffield Wednesday, where you're thinking that was a performance. That was from 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 back to from goalkeeper out to attacker. That was a that was a a very very good team performance. Yeah. Less than a month later, like you say, you're playing QPR and Reading, and it's not so much for teams you're playing; it's the performances you're putting in. Yeah, because we'd seen something such a, a, a brilliant performance at Hillsborough, three 0 away at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, even you know, not many teams will do that. It was it was just the perfect sort of away day performance, wasn't it? Was, it? You know? And you expect and, I, and coming away from that, I thought, oh, they're going to be fine. Mm. If you can do that a few more times this season, they're going to be absolutely fine. And you they've know. won one game since then. Exactly. And the fact that and we were sort of sat in, in the car in Hillsborough on the way back thinking, wow, if that team without any reinforcements in January can put that performance together, what what, what does mm. it, you know, you might, they'll be fine. Mm, that's it. Again, yeah. frustrating is the word from everyone this yeah, season. Absolutely. Um, 
looking as well at the table, as we say, 30 points now. They were 11 points better off at this at this point last season. Sometimes gone about it a bit too much, and you know I've said it a few times before. Almost made a rod for their own back in doing so well, and, and um, I suppose getting so many points last season that, that it's hard to follow that up. It's you know the difficult second album, if you will. But um, I suppose that all you can say is this time a year ago they had 41 points to their name after 38 games, and yet they were still right in the middle of a relegation battle. They weren't five or six points clear and already looking to next season. They were still right in it. This season, they might be you know, 11 points worse off, but they're still only three points away from safety with eight games to go. They're still right in the middle. So you know, it's almost a case of saying, OK, things might not have gone as well as they did 12 months ago, but we're still in a very, not an identical position by any means, but they're still in a position where you know, if they can put a run together before the end of the season with the form of the other teams... You know they, they've got they've still got a great chance of staying up. That's the thing as well. Like the, the division is so volatile this season. I mean, I know that Hull and Hull and uh, Bolton have pulled. Oh, is it nine points clear of Burton and six points clear yeah. of relegation yeah. zone? You look you're looking at them and you're thinking, are they a bit, are they out of sight now? But again, I mean, and I've said this so many times before, and I agree with Nigel Clough when he says we've got eight winnable games left now. They've still got to play Sunderland, mm. Bolton. They might have to go to Preston on the last day of the season when they've got nothing to play mm. for. They've got to play Derby at home, which that's a game. That's a game. That's a yeah, game that's in its a, own. In its own right, almost. Isn't one, it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, um, but it is very interesting when you look back at last season because there were so many teams, and like you say, eleven points. If Burton had eleven points more, they don't. They'd be only. They'd be only be one point out of relegation zone mm. compared to this time last season. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 has the league in, has the league sort of improved at the top end, or have the teams at the bottom just 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 mm. got worse? There's an argument for both, I suppose, isn't there, really? But certainly, like you say, I mean, it does say a lot, I think, about the quality at the top end of the division that, that there are so many teams doing so well that it, it's made it difficult yeah. for the teams that, you, know, you t- the Championship's always seen as a league where anybody can beat anybody on their day, and they can, but that's happened a lot less frequently this season than, than it did, you know, 12 months ago when, when Burton, like you say, went to Huddersfield. I mean, there's still time. I'm sure they'd love to time it for, for a week on Friday when they when they go to Cardiff. But um, 38 games gone, as you say, then, Rich, and... We've asked sort of people about moments of the season, so I'll pass it over to, to you first. I don't know if it's on the spot or if you've got anything in the top of your head, but in terms of, I mean, you spoke about that, that win at Sheffield Wednesday, which I'm sure would be right up there for most people, but is there a moment of you, a moment for you which sort of stands out well, for I, the Brewers? The, the Sheffield Wednesday game, I've said it, I've said it earlier on, haven't I, but it was, it was excellent. But I, for me, the Reading game, mm. more than anything, because you'd seen them go away to Bolton and win. Now you're thinking, can you back this up? Something they have not done this too many times this season at all. They managed to go away to Reading. They got they, they went in front, got pegged back. They might have got a bit of fortune, but you make your own luck in this league mm-hmm. in, in football in general. So that that Reading game for me, at the risk of repeating myself and saying and bang on about the Hillsborough game, that Reading game where you're thinking, okay, they've, they've found a way to win, yeah. which they hadn't done too many too many times this season, but. And I've got I've got two or two or three moments to be honest. I I, I really enjoyed the Birmingham game earlier on in the season, mm. watching Burton come from a goal down. Yeah, I was, I was sat watching it over and over again. That, that Marvin Sordell goal That's against beauty, Birmingham, it? which is, it gets better every single time you seem to watch it. Mm. So I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I also enjoyed the Barnsley game just because of the sheer the sheer. Not, I mean the goals are excellent, but that holding out at the end when that when the flag well, went up in the ninety fifth minute. Well, just because you sat there thinking. They 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 they're not going to do it. They're not going. The Barnsley are going to score, mm. and then to go against all the all the script we've read already this season, Burton hold out, and you think again another example where you're thinking right, okay, now you've kick seen on. you can go away, win, see a team out, let's kick on. Mm. They haven't. 
So there, there are my moments of the season. What, what about you? I, I mean, like you say, you could pick out most, most of the certainly that that win at Sheffield Wednesday on on New Year's Day. What a sort of way to to welcome in the new year it was. But I, I, there's a couple actually of sort of bizarre defeats which which stand out for me. Or the week after that that win against Sheffield Wednesday, the first half against Birmingham City in the in the FA Cup, as it was obviously, they, you know, they lost one nil and um, you know they were at the cup at the first time of asking. But that the first half, obviously, that there was a feel good factor around the team and the club anyway because of the run they'd been on over Christmas. And they went to Birmingham, a relegation rival. You know, it was a bit of a strange one. There weren't many people in the ground. And for that first half, Burton absolutely battered Birmingham. Of course, the caveat as it is so much this season is they couldn't find a goal. But they played some great football. They played a bit of stuff on the counter. They played some nice football. They played at pace. Lloyd Dyer was causing carnage down the left wing. You know, Will Miller, obviously, at the time before his injury, was, was, looking, was finding some really good form, probably his best in a Burton shirt. And it was all just coming together. And because of the run they'd been on, and you were watching this football and thinking... They look as if they found some consistent, you know, yeah, as if they, it's yeah. not just going to be the odd performance here and there, but actually that they can start to turn this level of performance and also in got week a system. on week. They'd also yeah. got a system that worked, mm. unfortunately for Will Miller, but, but after he got injured, yeah. that kind of had to be rejigged a little mm. bit. But like you say, you saw Tom Flanagan bombing down the left yeah. with, with, with Lloyd Dyer, you know. I mean, he, he was excellent. Tom Nado again. All, all of these, yeah, that was the first time you really thought, okay, well, mm. they've, they've got it. Whatever it is, have stumbled upon a formula that yeah. now works. And then a month later, again another defeat. It was yeah, we talked about that Reading defeat, uh, the Parade Stadium when they lost three one, and, and Nigel Clough's called it the rock bottom moment. It, it was a really really flat atmosphere, certainly after the game at the Prelly. But only a few days later, they went to Villa Park. Obviously, you know the, the whole performance really. Jacob Davenport and his debut was superb. They went really went toe to toe with with one of the best teams in the division played again played some really good football obviously the, this new brand with it, a bit more freedom getting the ball down being a bit more expansive that in itself was great to watch but then obviously you know 92nd minute Liam Boyce pops up on of his course, debut yeah. you know uh, a lovely little finish unfortunately he's not been able to back that up yet um, but that just as an entire game I think okay yes you know the, the the context. They were still in the relegation zone. It, it wasn't at any points or anything. But I think after the Reading game, where you did just think a little bit, is it going to be a bit beyond them? That was certainly the feeling at the time. But then they they showed only a few days later why exactly why they're in this division because they, um, you know, they really they deserve something from that game. And to I be think honest, what, against Villa. What you saw from that game was 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 an example of Burton. They didn't quit after mm. they went a couple of goals down. They could have easily. Not throwing the towel in, but sort of phoned in a little bit and thought, okay, we'll take a two nil here. It's not a disgrace. Villa has spent X amount of money and they're going to go up. But they kept coming back. Mm. A bizarre own goal as well, to be fair, which which capped it all off from uh, from Ahmed El- if, you don't, if you don't win the corner, you yeah, don't get, you don't get the own goal. Blasted into his own goal, but then we say Boyce at the end um, spoke to him afterwards, and although it had been defeat, you, know, you could you could see the smile on his face, and he was champing at the bit to to sort of kick on. Um, as he's obviously still looking to, to do as well, really, for, for the rest of the season. I guess also, if I can throw a quick moment moment of the season, I thought we were trying to be all positive, but if you're going to look back and right to the back into July and say... Well, in terms you know, of pivotal moments, In terms yeah. of pivotal moments, you've got to look back and say that your record signing being ruled out for six or seven months. There's a few things, a few factors for me that have seen Burton under where they are, and that's their home form, um, Liam Boyce being injured. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was huge, wasn't it? You, you can't... You can't look past that, I'm afraid. Even though he's back, he might be a bit back in the squad or the rest of it. You can't look past that. Your record signing gets injured in July, and it's a, that's why I think it's even impressive they're even still in mm. touch. The fact it that has. their striker was injured for, mm. or over half the season. Yeah, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? 
done moments of the season then player of the season so far obviously we'll, we'll get right amongst it sort of come the end of the season and the, the end of end of season award dues Jackson Irvine of course won it uh, won it last year closely followed by John Brayford um, Stuart Bevan the year before when they when they got promoted into into the championship this time around after 38 games Rich who are you uh, who are you looking at the problem I've got with picking a player of the season is no one's really had a consistent run because of the chopping and changing of, of the system it means that players have played out of, out of position a little bit Personally, I think Tom Naylor runs Lucas Aikens a very close second. Aikens is just is is a model pro. The guy's an athlete. He to use to use the worn cliche. He he puts in one hundred and ten percent every single game. He also he can play up front. He's played in centre mid against QPR yeah, yeah. this season. He's played at right. The only place he hasn't played is, is left back and in goal. Yeah, I, I think in the centre back. So he and it's it's a real shame he's, he's picked up that. That hand, was it, yeah, it was a yeah, hamstring, hamstring, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, real shame he picked that up a couple of weeks ago. But no, no, Lucas Aikens has been, has been, he's always there. He can be called upon. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a model pro. So dependable, isn't he? And like yeah. I say, Tom Naylor runs him a close second because Naylor has shown us that he can adapt. Play, he plays played at right back a couple of times. Impressed in centre mid over that spell over Christmas, mm. and he's latterly he's been very good at centre back. Yeah, that, that ability to bring the ball out. That's why I think he's excellent. Brings the ball out. His first sort of instinct is to pass the ball on the floor, and that's what you need if you're going to try and get the ball to Darren Bentley yeah. and Liam Boyce. I you've sort of taken taken my answer. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, almost I, like we've they, discussed this before, yeah, before which we it? haven't. Which we haven't. I can <laughs> confirm. Um, yeah, I mean, they Naylor and Aikins would would be my two nominees. I think at this stage as well, as, as you say, I mean, Lucas Aikins is. Um, has been moved everywhere and has, has always made an impact wherever he's been. Uh, has obviously got you know got a couple of a couple of important goals in there as well, um, including the, the you know the winning penalty for for Burton's last home win way back in September. But as you say, Tom Naylor, we spoke to him. He was at Solihull Moors in pre-season when he captained the side from centre back, and uh, Nigel Clifford said that's where we probably see him this season. And um, he didn't really get much of a look in until end of November. They went to Brentford. He started there, played really well. Um, and he hasn't really looked back since, as you say, he had that spell in central midfield where he has been most often for Burton and scored some important goals. I mean, dare I say it, he looked like he sort of filled the, the Jackson Irvine shape. Well, it was that it was the the dynamism, wasn't it? You know, arriving into the box and knowing when to, you know where the goals are going to be. But as you say, at centre back, he just offers the defence a different dimension, um, and I think proving a point as well as as much as anything because you know he like we say didn't get much of a look in at the start that okay, K was in you know playing in the cup competitions but wasn't featuring too much in the league and you know it can be very easy then to see with new players coming in in all these positions and thinking it's going to be a bit of a battle but Nigel Clough you know he, he talked about Kermit Fads and similarly Clough the other day saying talking about a player who was you know left out of the side or, or not in the side and then proved a point took their chance since coming back and and Tom Nader for me is the epitome of that this season so you know I think I think it's it's tough to to look past either of those. So I think Lloyd Dyer, um, is, you know, is obviously Burton's leading scorer at the minute, and you know I say it all the time. They always look more dangerous when he is on yeah, the pitch, yeah. um, and so he, you know he he would be up there as well for for that impact. But as you said, I personally think it's it's a little bit hard to look past Lucas Aikens and Tom Naylor. Of course, with eight games to go, you know that could uh, could still change dramatically. Um, a couple of tweets come in on that as well. Um, Bradley said, Aikens, my player of the season, uh, moment of the season, <clears throat> has to be, unsurprisingly, it has to be the 3-0 win at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and then another tweet in, <clears throat> excuse me, um, definitely Aikens has had the worst of it uh, playing out of position for quarter of the season and yet still being our best player. Um, so I think the fan, you know, in terms of that, potentially the consensus with the fans 
is uh, is that Lucas Aikens lead the leads the way. Whether he'll be back, of course, um, after the international break, we'll have to see. One of several players out with injury, his hamstring problem. Um, we'll see if he can get back in time to make an immediate impact at Cardiff City. Um, that's about it for us. Just before we go, as ever, uh, Rich, any uh, any questions sent him? Yeah, I've got a question here from Rob saying, how different was our position last season before the Huddersfield game? My memory is that re- is that that game really changed things. Real belief we could stay up. Could have win over Easter weekend, kickstart things this time around. Um, well, you'd, if they could go and win at Cardiff, it would probably have a very, very similar galvanising effect. You know, if you if you remember that Huddersfield game, uh, you know, talk about heading into international breaks on a low. On you know, Flanagan said they didn't this time. You know, this time, twelve months ago, Burton had just thrown away a two-goal lead at half time at home to Brentford, lost five-three, and it did feel like, oh, you know, is that the, is that going to be the telling blow? And then two weeks later, they go to. So the John Smith Stadium turning a brilliant away day performance, defending you know for for sixty minutes, then looking a real danger on the counter, and then you know ninety fifth minute I think it was Jackson Irvine nicks one in midfield, Marvin Sordell goes clear and squares it for Irvine to tap home, best you know probably the among the best celebrations I've seen when covering the club. Andy Garner on the touchline didn't know what to do with himself, and you do feel you know at that point it was one of those wins, it was a statement win, and it gave them the momentum for the rest of the season. Yes, they're not in as good a position as they were then. And, you know, they could go and win against Cardiff next Friday and still be in the relegation zone, or they they would be probably given, you know, given goal difference. But it's all about, I think, building momentum. You know, you talk about some of those teams like Hull who've built a bit of it now at the right time, but need a result to build on. And and going to Cardiff, who are obviously in flying form themselves, right at the top of the division, if they can go and get a win there... You know, it would it would certainly be a platform. Now they haven't built on pl- that. You, you know, you've made this point before. That's their problem this season. They haven't built on enough platforms. Yeah, you but... can get the impression that if they were to go and win at Cardiff, though, I mean, we haven't really had that moment yet this season, have we? The, the moment where the Huddersfield, the wow, okay, fair enough, that's a big deal. Mm. This is a big statement win. This Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, but that was back on New Year's Day. This is the time for Burton to <clears throat> lay down a real, real marker. Yeah, whether that's away at Cardiff. Or at home to Middlesbrough. Yeah, those two the, those two games, like you say, give you that opportunity. That it gets two of the top teams, two of the teams chasing promotion. Get a win against either of those would would certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons ahead of a run against Birmingham. So you know the, the teams who were right down there with you and, and yeah, battling for it. Exactly. In terms of where they were, I think they were um, they were eleven points better off at yeah. this time last season after after the same amount of games. But with the table as it was last season, it was, it's not hugely dissimilar, no. is it? Um, so cheers for your question, Rob. Yes, indeed. And like you say, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see a, a similar celebrations because uh, that was, I remember Joe Shannon's commentary as well um, on, on Radio Derby. Uh, hair on the neck stuff it was it was absolutely brilliant that's about it from us anyway this week on on brewers talk we'll be back next wednesday as we say looking ahead to um just a quick public, trip to cardiff just a city burton albion public service announcement i'm not sure if the game is on tv but liam boyce's northern ireland are playing south korea this saturday at 2 p.m in belfast brilliant thank you very much uh rich for that we will uh yeah certainly want to, to look out for um see if he can get back on the goal trail i mean you know boyce has, has spoken about how much he wants to get back, and I'm sure wanting to get back in the uh, in the Northern Ireland green jersey was was probably part of his motivation during the rehab. So uh, good luck to Liam in that. We'll be uh, we're keeping a close eye on that, and of course we'll have all the uh, the reaction and coverage of the game <coughs> on uh, on the Burton Mail website. And then, as we say, we'll be back next Wednesday uh, for the latest Brewers talk to look ahead to the trip to Cardiff City. But for now, thank you very much, and have a good week.